Houston and beyond. Stick around, it's gonna be great. Welcome to Artists of Houston podcast. Today I have a very special guest and I don't even know where to begin to introduce you, Richard Hall, because Richard is a artist, illustrator, writer, explorer, adventurer, engineer by trade. No, no, yeah. Architect. No, architect. Have a lot of engineering. Yeah. With engineers. I mean, a wonderful husband, a caregiver, a friend. Honestly, it's impressive the roles you play, and very well, I have to say. I first met you here in the Sawyer Yards where you have a studio in the silos. You have a great space. He has a salon style of so many varied types of work. You're a realist, landscape artist. You've collaborated with some abstracted pieces. It's very interesting. And I see one of the walls you have are depicting lighthouses. And that's when I really first talked to you. St. Arnold's had an event. Yes. Back in the day when we had wonderful events. Do you remember that? I do. I do. We bought your book, The Lighthouses of Texas. And you were so knowledgeable and you were so interesting to talk to. So I appreciate you sitting with me today. I'm glad to do it. I love it. The first thing I always ask people is if they went to art school. It seems like a boring question to ask you, but I'm going to start there. Tell me your art beginnings. My art beginnings, uh, let's see, started way back in grade school. Okay. In that I, I had a talent of some sort. I was a little roughneck and I was the, the, the troublemaker in class oh. in elementary school. So I was placed way in the back of the room away from everybody. And there was a backboard, blackboard in back of me. So Sister Maureen would have me paint, uh, draw with chalk on the board the very scenes of the seasons. So that's where I kind of got started. But I didn't, you know, in high school I was in poster club. I did this kind of stuff. I really didn't get any formal art training until I was in, in undergraduate school, architecture. Mm-hmm. And so in architecture you do take graphics. You learn how to draw. You learn perspective. You are a master of perspective. You are uh, delineation of buildings so you can see the lighthouses that influence of architecture is right there. So I did that. I always loved that. I changed my major, ended up with a degree in zoology. Uh, pre-med, pre-dent. I was wanted to be a dentist. I knew I'd be surprised in this interview to learn something new. Okay. So I uh, was trying to get into dental school, and I was drafted. Went to Walter Reed, do medical research. And there, my, con- my counselor back at A&M, was trying to get me into dental school, help me get into dental school. I said, Richard, you ever think of medical art? I said, I've never even heard of it. And he said, well, Southwestern Medical School in Dallas has a graduate program. You ought to apply. So I did and was accepted. And then that was another bit of formal art education, but it was illustration. Let me stop you there, okay, but we're going to come back because I'm so interested in medical illustration. You were drafted. I was in, uh, I was at the height of the Vietnam conflict back in 1966. I was was drafted. Okay. And I just knew I would go be, because I was pre-med, a present, that they would make me a medic. I put in my application for a, a commission, and about halfway through basic training, one of my buddies woke me up and said, Richard, you got orders for Walter Reed. I said, oh, I did? I went over there and looked at it, and sure enough, so I immediately pulled my, <laughs> my uh, application for uh, a commission, oh, okay. a, a second lieutenant commission, and I went to Walter Reed. 
three, two years of my, the very best years of my life. I did a lot of really neat research and was in Washington, D.C. I saw museums. I, saw, I was at lectures all the time at the Smithsonian, everything. I just loved it. You grew, you grew up in Houston, Texas? I grew up in Houston, Texas, yes. Okay. Um, I'm a Texan, born in El Paso, pretty much spent the rest of my life here in Houston, in and out, you know, for yeah. various and sundry things, but Houston's home. So you're at Walter Reed having the best time. It was. I loved it, you know, and gosh, and I had a, I had an aunt and uncle that lived just two miles away, so I had, they had nine kids, and I'm still in touch with them. Wow. And so that, I would always go up there for Sunday dinner and all that kind of stuff. And we always had parties down in Georgetown, you know, all the, I had friends from the universities here that I knew, and they would say, come on, we've got a party here, a party there, so it was, it was fun. Okay. It was it was not Vietnam. Thank God. But thank you for being in the service. We yeah. appreciate that. Well, let me just say this. I wanted to be I, I wanted to be a combat artist. Mm-hmm. And so I put in an application to be a combat artist. Mm-hmm. And because that's where in those days a combat artist was a, a, a sure track for notoriety. So I put in my application and my commanding officer, Colonel whatever, I can't remember his name. But the colonel called me and said, Richard, I see you want to be a combat artist and you got this application. He says, I can't approve it. You are too clumsy. <laughs> Richard, you're too clumsy. You know that. And you know what will happen. You will step off that plane and set off a Claymore mine. The minute you step on the ground, you'll blow up everybody around you. The U.S. Army and the United States cannot afford to have you go to Vietnam. <laughs> so I couldn't go. God put a lot of angels in, you, <laughs> in your path, do you think? They have. <laughs> yeah. they have. Even though it didn't seem that way. I'm sure Sister Maureen meant to punish you when she gave you that chalk. <laughs> but thank you anyway. That's truly was a, a blessing. Photography was full on. Was there a competition? Was there still a demand for art? They used it. Uh, if you go back through, look at the combat, look it up online. Okay. During the various wars, you know, over the many years, there was always somebody out there to illustrate those battles, okay. to illustrate what was military life was like or what it was like. Mm-hmm. And so there were some great ones that uh, I can't think of their names right now, but that were really good, that became very well-known illustrators and artists uh, after their service. They were very important to communicating to the world, and, well, propaganda too. But. You know, so you're out there with the troops. You're, when you're there, you're just like the photographers, the writer, the reporters, and so forth. You're right in the, in the midst of everything. Not always, sometimes in the backfield, illustrating yeah. or, or trying to depict what supply lines were like, right. what, what the hospitals were like, whatever it was, but you were trying to depict in graphic form and in, a, in an artistic form as opposed to just straight photography. Uh, what that war, that conflict, that military life was like. So I should have introduced you, I should have added observer. Obviously you're excited observer of what's going on around you. So that was cool that you had that. So this guy does you this favor and says, hell no. So then what happened? <laughs> so I stayed there doing research and, and before long I finished my tour duty and drove home and uh, had applied to the graduate school at mm-hmm. University of oh. Texas Mount Southwestern Medical School and was accepted but they wanted me it, it, you know, it, was, it was, I had to wait till the next fall because mm. it's the, the, the program had already started. And so I took some life drawing classes at U of H and stuff like that. So I did some more training and then went up there in graduate school and that was fun because we learned not just illustration. You didn't, you, you, in order to get in the program, you had to be a good artist. You had to be This able. is still paper and pencil and observation. There's no tools of computer animation. This was back in the days of the board. Everything was done on board. 
We did cell animation. I did, uh, we learned cinematography. We learned videography. We, uh, uh, medical photography, we learned that. We had all, you know, the whole realm of communication around biomedical information. Did you spend time with the cadavers observing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I had to go, we took the two, first two years of medical school. We were in the medical school class. So mm-hmm. we took all the basic sciences, the mm-hmm. anatomy, physiology, uh, gross anatomy, not gross, but microanatomy, embryology, neurology, all of it, yeah. all of it. Cool. And uh, we just didn't go to the clinics. You know, we went to the clinics. Sometimes we'd tag along with our yeah. classmates who were, we were taking four spaces out of the medical school. So it was interesting. That's very cool. Do you, so you, did you work as a medical illustrator for yeah. some time? About, about 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And I worked at Baylor College of Medicine. I worked at, uh, and then I took a position up at A&M to set up a new department, uh, of biomedical communications and a learning center and all that in the College of Veterinary Medicine. Mm-hmm. So I would move from human anatomy and science to mammalian art, not just mammalian, avian and whatever, but uh, stuff that you deal with as a veterinarian. So it's yeah. been, it might be, I remember doing a book on cetaceans and porpoises, having to, they bring porpoises in, I'd have to dissect them. Oh, and, wow. And, you know, so so interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at your owls and your pelicans and various birds and fishes and things. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You worked as a medical illustrator for years. You were there with the advent of computer we were our technology. Was, I mean, it's kind of. Do they do any paperwork at all? Any pencil well, you, paper? Oftentimes, when you even when you work on a computer, your, your conceptualization uses in pencil. Okay. You know, they, they still do a little bit on the board. You get a, a rough drawing, then you scan that in. From there, you can begin to manipulate it with uh, uh, Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator, and whatever else to create. Oh, they do some absolutely wonderful things, some unbelievable things, things that we... I never. I remember some of the first animations that we were seeing with real crude stuff, you know, the straight black and white stuff. And I'm saying, they'll never be able to do with the kind of stuff we do. You know, we were doing cell animation... Uh, I was. I did a series on the anatomy of the human eye, mm. which was uh, the CNA Golden Eagle Awards, which were uh, Grammy, uh, Golden Globe, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, for except in your case, it's probably actually deserving. I would say <laughs> it was the uh, for industrial and educational films. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of stuff you did. You know, the cool. stuff that you do was was to help faculty develop. Yeah. The lessons, the lectures, and so forth, and uh, illustrate books, do films, all that kind of stuff. So it's 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 fun. Also, on the show notes, I'll put details, but you can definitely find Richard Hall on Instagram. He has a great Instagram feed because I think he doesn't sleep. Are you a vampire, Richard? Possibly. (laughs) He doesn't sleep. He gets up in the morning. He goes on these awesome bike rides. You can share Houston sunsets, Houston sunrises with Richard because he's posting that kind of stuff. And in between the day, it's like a crazy amount of things that you manage to accomplish. Um, And even sitting in his studio, it's just like it's kind of hard to know where to to focus. You have so many things going on. That's a problem. (laughs) Well, tell me what some goals you have right now. Are you working right now on your artwork? Do you have time? No. I've got about three or four commissions at home that I need to work on uh, the, 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 the virus this thing mm-hmm. has slowed me down a great deal in terms of my art but there's, because I'm at home I live in a, a home that's about 110 years old or so 
maybe more. Anyhow, it's, a, it's an old house. We've been in there for 40 years. There's a ton of clutter from 40 years accumulation. and That happens. And I am... I can't get in that house that I don't find. I have, I have a real problem with ADHD. Mm-hmm. The whole family is all ADHD, so it's a, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. And so I have a little place to work upstairs in the attic. I was up there last night working on some stuff, and I'll go up there this afternoon and, uh, and do it. I really need to do some more work. Yeah. I really do. I just, I'm at, it's the perfect time right now. You can come over here during the week and there's nobody here and it's quiet mm-hmm. and you can work like crazy. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I'm a caregiver and I, I'm, right. I'm, I can't leave her. Right, I can't right. leave Carolyn. You've been a devoted caregiver and we've all admired you and tried to support you through that. So I know it's very difficult to, you know, if you need anything, just, you know, reach out. You got to remember to do that. You you talking about ADHD being a negative, and I'm going to tell you, I've learned to think of it as a positive. I do. You have to. It's what's got everything up on this wall. Mm-hmm. You, ADHD you know. is, is mm-hmm. and once you learn it, I've given lectures on ADHD. Okay. Uh, my PhD is in education, so once I left A&M and came down and taught at the University of Texas Medical School down here mm-hmm. for about three years, I got recruited into Exxon mm-hmm. because of my visualization skills and so forth. And, and the training group. So we uh, developed all these training programs and curricula for engineers and scientists. Lo- I loved that work. It was I was around really intelligent, highly intelligent people, and really doing exciting work uh, on, on stuff, trying to develop new new uh, engineers that would come in and new geoscientists and so forth. I also focused on helping those with ADHD, those that I could, you know. And building into my courses things about learning and, and the different styles of learning so we could identify what works for mm-hmm. given individuals and so forth. That was a, that was a, that's another part of my life. Yeah, I think that's such a progressive for people don't appreciate all the time. It's like you have someone with a learning difficulty. They're actually probably very, very brilliant and you just need to learn how to direct or inspire. We're going through these crazy, crazy times, but... At the same time, we've made so much progress and we have so much wonderful things to be thankful for. Unfortunately, the social media and the internet is a double-edged sword. It's not even a teenager. It's an adolescent. It's not even fully mature. So hopefully in the future, we'll continue as a society at least. You know, it's like, it's, you know. I have great hopes. Yeah. And we've got to, we just have to. I'm, yeah. I'm 79. Are you really? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm knocking on 80. Wow. Next, next That's summer, amazing. Next, next, next August. Congratulations. Well, I say that with a great deal of anxiety. Jane Goodall, I saw an interview with her the other day. I met her once. And she said, this was, she was in her 80s. She's saying, I've got so much to do in so little time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said... I relate to that so, so much. I've got so little time with so much to do. Books to write, artwork to do, things to, you know, 
Oh my God. I know, but it becomes overwhelming. I have to tell you, I'm a similar personality, but I've had to really back up and just be like, I'm just not going to beat myself up over not achieving (laughs) a hundred things in one day. And, uh, helping a million people and helping myself and just doing everything. So it's like you hear people talk about loving themselves and being kind to themselves and everything. And I don't think this is the the first thing you think about. You're always thinking of others. That's wonderful, obviously. I think of others too. Obviously, I've lived my whole life. I've raised a family that, you know, if you have a family, you've thought of others. But it's timed for sure, especially at this age, to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let myself do whatever I want to do, and maybe that, maybe that's not a lot. I want to do things. There's things I want to do. <laughs> I'm not convincing you. <laughs> I've got ADHD, and I've got this, 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 this. I know, but it's it's wonderful because I think as artists, we're like children so much because we're so excited. I'm so excited to get up. Like I have this theory. I was like, okay, I believe in God. I believe in higher power, but excuse me, why do I have to sleep? <laughs> I know. Why do I have to go to the bathroom? Oh, what a waste oh, of time. God. Oh, that is I so, just want to. I think about that all the time. Yeah. Oh, do I have to sleep? Do I have yes. to sleep? <laughs> yeah. You wake up from your fugue. You wake up from your fugue and you've got your painting in front of you or whatever. And you say, oh, I've actually been here eight hours. Oh my God, that's nothing. I wanted to be here for 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, yes. It is a curse. I know. It is a curse. It's a curse. But you're good at it, Richard. You're good at it because you take care of your body. You've had some challenges with your health. Your wife has challenges. Truly, guys, I'm telling the whole world, your health is your wealth. Unfortunately, decline is just decline and it's part of life. You've done a really great job being so physically active, very supportive friend here at Sawyer Yards and everybody loves you. So you're doing something right, friend. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I hope I am. And I, I, I do. I, I so appreciate every person over here in the, mm-hmm. in the Sawyer Yards. I know so many of them. Yeah. And I've helped so many of them and they've all helped me. Yeah. And it's, I love this place. I love I, this place. I know you do. Yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place to become a professional artist. Yeah. You think you want to do that. Renting a studio is the first step. I know a lot of people make a mistake in doing that because they're not quite ready. But I guarantee you will be in the fire at that point because you will produce, you will show up. That's something you do. Of course, this stupid pandemic. But it's going to get better. It is. You are thinking about opening for Second Saturday. I'm not not sure this will air at this coming second Saturday, but hopefully future second Saturdays. The silos opens. Some people were opening every Saturday. Uh, with the pandemic, we've slowed down. Okay. But prior to that time, we were trying to, to to get as many people to open on every Saturday as we could. I mean, it made sense. That was the only time a lot of our clients could come in. Correct. To see stuff. So we, we had probably as much as 50% uh, uh, participation at times right there before the pandemic. Now it's it's quite low. Uh, we've got to bring that back up. we got new, not a, a lot of new tenants in. Mm-hmm. Some have left and been replaced. So I just got to get out there and... And work with them and encourage them to try to be open on Saturday. So this coming second Saturday, you're contemplating opening. I I encourage you to do it just Mm -hmm. because I feel like we have some minimal understanding. 
and we've got these preventative uh, masks. We have our mask on today, talking. It's not 100%, but it's some great reassurance, and people are respectful of space and this type of thing, so. I think it will be good, as long as I kind of, I don't expect a great crowd. You know, if it was like a one of our events, right. you know, biennials it's, or something, it would be tough because yeah. there's so many people. This right. will be a, a dribble of people coming through. Right. I've been coming over uh, to pick up something on some Seconds Harry's and I've asked the people, you know, yeah. the people that have opened here what the crowd was like. And they said, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Because they make some sales, you know, so yeah. it's not that bad. I think mm-hmm. I need to just be in here and... Uh, and talk to people. I just, you, I just miss. I know you're a people person for sure. Do you have a website too? No, I don't. I need to get one. I Do have. you think so? I, I'm, I'm really under the impression websites are gone, dead. I just, what I do have, and I've got to work it more, is a place called uh, Artwork Archive. Okay. And I yes, like that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do for sure. And I've got to update. I haven't been on it for a while. I get up. Okay. I, I've got so much stuff to put in there. And it's really neat because the way it works. And uh, uh, I got a got a request just this morning from somebody on a, on a piece in there. So uh, is it is it a as it suggests an archive space where they can keep a record of all your work? Or okay. it is. Uh, so I go in there and I have a lot of work in there that's been sold. Okay. You know, a lot of old work that I have. I just it's for me. It's an archive. Yeah. But it's a place that you can actually make sales and so forth on. You awesome. Know, you, get, you get the information on the paintings. You go up uh, to uh, you know sizes and prices and. What's the What's the address of the artworkarchive.com. Okay. Go look at it and okay. uh, pull it up. And I, I, they're adding more. Uh, Capabilities with it, and okay. I just got a couple of neat things that I want to follow, follow up on and try to do. I think I need to use that mostly instead yeah. of a website. But your Instagram is really good, and the marketing on Instagram and Facebook, there's some amazing marketing it people. Is. The pandemic has shifted everyone online. Can you imagine going through a pandemic with no freaking internet? No. Come on. Oh my God. It would. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> No. I would, if I could, if I were a hermit up in the middle of the mountains, away from nobody, you know, and enjoyed that, then I could probably do it. But I couldn't, yeah. uh, not without. Not so, without. so that's a blessing. That's a major blessing. Uh, even though it's an unruly, spoiled brat, uh, the internet. <laughs> it's, it's a, as you said, a double-edged sword. Just, yes. There's a lot of unbelievable. Yeah. Stuff out there. Yeah. Both sides. But whatever you go, you yeah. have to really be a critical thinking. Absolutely. Right. That's critical thinking is very important. That's right. Well, Richard, I saw the time on my interview. <laughs> I don't think I covered everything I wanted to cover with you. But I'll you're probably available for appointments and Absolutely. Anybody yeah. wants to come over, I'm just less than a mile away. I come over here back and forth during the day. Okay. If somebody wants to come in uh, call me at 713-305-1991 or go to, uh, send me an email at rshall12 and three zeros. That's rshall12000 at yahoo.com. Okay. And I can meet you over here just about any time. Okay. I, mean, I, have, I met somebody over here about 11 o'clock one night. 
And I think you want Richard one-on-one. So <laughs> remember that ADHD little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love ADHD, though. It just makes me get a lot of things it done. Is. And it is. Yeah. Do you write lists? Or you have something? Oh, I do have a list. I do. I have to. I have to write a list. Mm-hmm. My list... On in the kitchen, I'll send you an email. I'll send you a photograph. <laughs> I mean, it is this long. Wow. It sits on the thing. Unreal. And, and, and I can't get... That's my biggest... That's my biggest discussion with yeah. my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> is how do I deal with these long lists and I can't ever get through them. Okay. I need help. You know, I need caregiving help. I need, I really need some help over here, you know, if I can hire somebody to help me. Uh, you need a, like a young art student, someone who wants to learn. You'd be like the mentor of the century. I got a, uh, one of my colleagues in, in, in the building here, a good friend, she just uh, got an intern from UMH downtown. Nice. An artist. Yeah. So, I'm coaching her, mentoring her, not the, the intern, but the intern, the, the woman who's okay. managing the intern, because I used to, that was my job as faculty. Okay, it was yeah. Internships and all that. That's awesome. So They're lucky. Richard, you're doing great. Thank you. I'm proud to know you. Well, I'm proud to know you too, Rhonda. I've enjoyed our friendship over the last, what, three years or so? How long have you been here? About three years. Yeah. Yeah. A little over now. Well, I'm not here anymore. I know. But uh, I know. that's okay. There's a lot of cons and pros to leaving, and I've done it before. I'm working at home, too, so I really appreciate your friendship, my friend, and for sitting down with me because I know you're busy. So thank you so much. I appreciate every bit of it, Rhonda. I'd love to sit and talk to you. I do. All the time we've had some good conversations. I know. (laughs) I know we had so much fun. Okay, so guys, come out, visit Richard. Maybe call him first. Silos 227. There you go. Silos 227. You come in the front door. You go towards the right, towards the right, down, down, and you'll find it. The Silos uh, has artwork hanging, which is, you know, when I walked in today, I said, I I just love the same thing over and over again. What can I tell you? I love seeing art on the walls. That's our walls are our major gallery. Yes. That is what is how what we use to display our artwork because none of us aren't here all the time. Right. And if you don't put it on the hallway, nobody knows about it. So right. it, is an, it is a gallery. So the right. buildings are open every day except Sunday, working hours from, I think it's 8 to 5 or something like yeah. that. Daylight saving times kind of messes it up. Yeah. But you're welcome to come in and walk through the halls and see the artwork. If you see something you like, Let's look at the tab and yeah. contact that artist and make an appointment. I'm encouraging yeah. my, my people over here to to make appointments, to be open and available for people to come over and see you at odd times because that's where you really make the sales and you make the relationships. Yes. So you can come visit the silos, come visit Soil Yards, for sure on the second Saturdays. In some areas, it is very much open. People are opening their doors. They are. We're starting to get, uh, on Saturdays, if you come during the week yeah. in this building and mm-hmm. among the other buildings, you probably see half a dozen people yeah. in their studio. Some of them are leaving their doors open, I mean, closed, even though they're there. Come on a second Saturday, uh, typically before the pandemic, we would have uh, about 80%, almost 90% of the studios open. We have yeah. some that can't, 
because of gallery agreements and mm-hmm. whatever else. And others just live so far away, or, you know, yeah. from various reasons. Richard has a reputation, too. We, we share some uh, friends uh, that... Friends of Second Saturday, I should say. And Richard always fed them because Richard would always have a feast prepared. And I was like, are you insane? You're feeding the general public. And yes, he is. With Just give me a couple little a little menu there. Oh, I'm not doing it now with the pandemic. I know, but just... But before, it would be... I would have it laid out here. Uh-huh. It would always have some venison. I'd smoke some... I had a big green egg, so I'd smoke some venison and maybe smoke uh, turkey or some pieces of it, uh, some pork and so forth. And I'd also have stews and gumbos and a bunch of other snacks, you know, sweet potatoes and things. It was it was quite a layout. He's a, he's a chef. I forgot to tell you that in the beginning. <laughs> a hunter, a chef... Meat processor, you're amazing. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you. Rhonda, thank you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, Richard Hall, for visiting with me and allowing me to do that interview. We didn't even scratch the surface. Richard is a knowledgeable person on so many subjects. His book on Texas lighthouses is so interesting. You can just kind of ask him anything and you're going to get a fantastic story. We concluded the interview, but we continued to talk for a little bit of time. Uh, We actually had trouble getting together. We missed each other one time and I called him and we ended up talking on the phone for an hour and a half. But it's easy to do because he has so much to say. Very generous, warm person. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you. Anyone interested in meeting Richard can give him a call and reach out as we suggested. Certainly visit at the silos in his studio and look at his Instagram. Support his artwork and the Houston art scene. Thank you so much. Take care.